0: Hi, I am Lori Freshwater, and I'm here uh, working on the Camp Lejeune Community Project podcast. And there are things that are coming up before we get all of the episodes ready that um, I I feel like pieces that we're doing could be helpful. So we've decided to release this part um, today because I think that the more people understand what's going on with these cases for Camp Lejeune the better they can make decisions for themselves and their families. So today we um, are going to have a a few minutes with Hunter and we're gonna talk about uh, what the difference is between class action and tort law and uh, including multi-district litigation and um, just some things that come up around those subjects, and uh, and I think you'll find it to be informative. So um, here we are. This is me and Hunter talking about things that uh, that I'm trying to learn uh, along with you. Hi, Hunter. How are you? I am Lori Freshwater, as you know, and I um, am here with the Camp Lejeune Community Project podcast that we are working on. And um, I thought today we would talk about the difference in class action lawsuits and tort lawsuits and multi-district litigation, why this is or isn't. Um, I get a lot of questions about that. And I have a lot of people um, who have the wrong understanding of it um, and who think that this is a class action, which is a very different um, scenario than what we're dealing with. So, um, if you wouldn't mind, would you help us out a little bit and, and just kind of talk to us about what's going on here uh, with Camp Lejeune?
1: And first, let me thank you for having me here, Lori. It's always a pleasure. Uh, this is this topic uh, is kind of a generic topic, which I actually uh, speak on quite often because this community is not the the only ones uh, who aren't sure. Everyone always says, am I a member of a class action? Or am I a member of a, they hear mass tort and things like that. It's, it's very confusing. Uh, and and I, I think in every one of our major cases, like all the big, uh, the environmental cases, the big, what we call the, the mass litigations, uh, this issue does come up. Now, when we talk about class action, it's a very simple tool, it, it allows a small number of people to bring a lawsuit on behalf of everybody. So this is not thousands and thousands of people bringing lawsuits, it's, it's a small number that have the ability under the rules to bring the claim that are similar. The claim has to be numerous, there has to be a lot of them. Uh, they, they have to have a commonality. They, they all have to come from the same um, nucleus of facts uh, and they have to be consistent with each other. Uh, and then you have a class action. we We generally don't see that when people are hurt because everybody gets hurt differently. Um, when you have an environmental exposure, it, it, you can't have any more of a unique personal experience. Where were you living? What were you drinking? What were you Where were you showering? Where were you exposed? For how long were you exposed? How old were you? These are all factors that would make a class action virtually impossible. There are exceptions where in some in some districts in the United States, it's it's kind of interesting uh, the United States is broken up into different court uh, circuits. There is a circuit um, in in the United States that allows a class action to be brought in a situation like this where someone just sues to establish the liability, meaning did the person or the entity do something wrong? Did they violate the law? And are they potentially liable? But then it gets separated out into the individual cases where each person has to prove their own case. So that that's when we talk about class action. And, and my understanding is there was a class action filed immediately after the PACT Act was passed. Um, and I personally don't believe it has much legs other than an attempt by filing a class action. It extends the statute of limitations for anyone who's a potential member of the class until the court throws that class action out. So I, I don't know if that will really apply. It's a very unique um, situation because the PACT Act, or the Camp Resume Victims Act, I should say, um, Uh, has a a specific statute of limitation that Congress um, put in place. And and I I think it'll be hard to argue that the class action can extend it. But um, on behalf of everyone out there, I hope I hope it does do that. I thought it has that. I hope it has that benefit. Now,
0: what would be an example of, uh, of a class action, a successful class action, so that people can understand kind of what what an example of that would be?
1: A successful class action generally is if there is a consumer type of a claim, everyone got cheated the same way. You bought you you, you bought a a car, and the car has a defect that's going to cost seventy two dollars and fifty cents to fix. Right.
0: Uh, and the so the remedy is the same. The remedy Everything is the, is the, the same. same. Yeah.
1: They a small group brings brings the lawsuit. They go forward. They litigate it. They win. The court awards, you know, establishes sets the class, and then there's a designation on how much each person gets. Everyone has the same the same loss.
0: Okay.
1: Now, when we talk about a mass tort, mass tort is very simple. It's when we talk about torts, that's any type of personal injury negligence case. This is a negligence case, whether it was intentional conduct or or negligent conduct, It, it, it falls within what we call the tort system just what we call it in law, Um, it it basically says someone either intentionally or negligently did something wrong that hurt people. To put it simply, when you have a single one, it's an individual case. When you have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, it now becomes a mass tort, meaning there's just a lot of them. And that, but each person has their own case. Um, It it is not one group of people litigating for everyone. Everyone stands on their own. But the way the court system, the court system comes grinding to a halt when you have thousands of plaintiffs or tens of thousands. They just could never try everyone individually in the time in which we all live. So what the courts do is they come up with a system where those cases are bundled together before one or two judges or more. And, and those judges select what we call bellwether cases. A bellwether is, it's an old phrase uh, from farming, I believe, where the sheep in the middle was uh, the one that kind of guided the path of everybody. It was a bellwether sheep. It's just for some reason they use, some judge used that term to say, we're gonna pick some that are, that are common to everybody and pick those to, to be the subject of detailed discovery, um, uh, the detailed investigation, the full litigation, and we're going to move them to trial. Because if we try a handful of them, we we try five, 10, 15 in, in the in like the 3M earplug. It's a, a military related case, which is you know kind of kind of similar here, where there's uh, you know over a hundred or maybe two hundred thousand claims. The courts already tried 16 or 20 cases, and we know the values. We know the liability, so the court will do that in a mass case. So that's when we talk about a mass court. Um, okay. And
0: so, so what happens then after the bellwethers are tried? Does that mean that the other people who want to take a settlement that their settlement is affected by the the bellwether amounts?
1: Let me. I guess I, I don't know I if that's an elegant in.
0: question, but
1: no, no. Your, your question is—you you hit it right on the head. What happens next? I mean, it's a simple question. So the purpose of the Bell Weathers are is to see whether or not you can get liability. Then you try to come up with valuations. What are the average values for this type of injury, in, in that that you're being you're suing over? And from that, we're able and and having been involved in many of these, uh, we find that you're able to come up with settlement values that that will you know that you could present to the, the, the large group of individual plaintiffs to see if they want to join. Um, remember there's there's a fine line that we have to when we get into these there's not just mass cases, these are mega cases. And with Camp Lejeune it's not really a, a big problem because it's the federal government. There's plenty of assets for the federal government. But when it's a private defendant the question is, do you are the values so big that the company files for bankruptcy? And that throws everybody into a uh, into a whole nother problem, uh, which they're trying to do in that 3M earplug case. And they've done in uh, the women suing over Talc and Johnson & Johnson. When the claims get so big, let's just dump them into a bankruptcy and, and make it a claims process. Um, but here the idea is, as you were saying, you come up with a settlement value that can be presented to the group and then people individually evaluate their case with their lawyers and they take it or they don't.
0: So it's kind of a a rising tide lifts all ships type thing where the more, the more cases that are successful and uh, kind of rise to that trial level and, and do well improving the case um, and making, making the, uh, the, the narrative clear about what happened, then then better for for everyone's case. Everybody.
1: And and, and what's important is, um, I wish I could say every litigation is successful. Um, we've had cases where it, it turns out that, but by the time the bellwethers get to trial, there are flaws in the litigation that makes it show that there isn't value there. So, it, 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 you, you hit it right in the head the success of that small group is very important. And what's most important is that we pick the best cases, the ones that are the most compelling, the ones that can present the best story with the best facts to show the liability and show the damages. The defendants generally try to pick cases that really are not average, that are not ones that are, are, are that really should lead. They'd rather get a bunch of defense wins and say, oh, you have no value in the case. Um, but that doesn't help us because we know the bad cases, the ones that have the least merit, and we know the ones that are very good. And we're better off trying the good ones to let them see exactly where the problems are. And then they know where the real damage uh, profiles are for the for the plaintiffs we're representing.
0: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I and I think that um, that will help people because people, when they file and they get involved after waiting all of this time, especially with, with the Camp Lejeune Justice Act, which gave us permission in, to file, um, but people have been waiting a long time. So they feel this urgency and, and to, to get things moving and to do this and to do this. And I'm trying to tell people, um, you know, it's, it's okay. There's time to have patience. Let Let everybody figure everything out, get all of your records, support each other, the the better one case is the better for everyone and let's all um, move forward. And there's time, there is time to, to do this the right way.
1: You've waited a long time. If anyone suggests it should be rushed. Now you're, 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 you're actually doing disservice for all the good work that was done to get here. Um, A rush to judgment is a mistake Um, advocating on behalf of the, 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 the more difficult liability case as opposed to the better liability case is a mistake. Um, we've got to work together, put egos behind us um, and and find the right ones to try. Um, I think a second part of this is I, I don't believe uh, the court system. And here we have four judges in the Eastern District of North Carolina who, who have the initial filed cases. Um, I don't believe they're going to look for a rush to justice here. I think they're going to give the DOJ or and the Department of Navy breathing room. They never had to worry about is there a liability. Everyone was pretty sure back when these cases were first brought that the statute of repose in North Carolina really cut off the cases for the plaintiff for the people who were injured. And they never looked at the liability and how do we resolve the litigation? I don't believe the judges will force the government's hand um, in a short period of time. I think they're going to say, now that you have recognized there is liability, let's find the population of, 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 of injured people, the, the, the Marines, the Marine families, the civilians that were there, who truly were there that were in the the exposed area and have developed the diseases that are consistent with exposure. Uh, I I hate to say this, but I've been involved in in, in environmental cases across the country. And one of the biggest problems is when when people come into the litigation, other lawyers or, or, or just people reaching out to us, they wanna make claims for any and all injuries that people have. And unless we can tie the injury, the specific injury to the specific chemical on site, it is a impossibility. And there are a lot of lawyers now, and we see these ads constantly on TV and on the internet and on my, I'm getting cell phone texts because my name is some, my name is related to camp, you know, camp Lejeune justice, justice act. I'm getting slammed with with advertisements and and these are lawyers who know nothing about this many of them um right. and the fact is they are going to sign up and file claims and then file lawsuits on behalf of people who who may never have been in the in the hot zones where the chemicals were never were there long enough don't have the right injuries and it's it's something we're going to have to deal with and the court system is going to give the department of justice and the department of navy some time to figure that out.
0: Right. Um, And I, you know, and that's an important thing is I learned when I first started doing this work with Camp Lejeune was that um, you you can have the chemical and you can be near the chemical, but you need a human pathway. You need a human pathway where that chemical could have harmed you. And so, you know, walking over a parking lot with a chemical underneath it doesn't mean you were exposed to the chemical. You have we're to have a way that unless, right. unless it's
1: a vapor, unless it's a, a, vapor, a vapor case. What well, we're not, we're really not talking about a vapor case here in the in the the usual sense of that, right. like a, an exhaust where it's coming out of an exhaust system.
0: Right. And 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 even if that we do get into that, you know, I was just using that as an example that, um, you know, in all these environmental cases, there has to be a human pathway so that the Chemical actually was able to be ingested and, and, and therefore create harm. Um, and so, getting back just real quick to if I just out.
1: Just follow before you do that, get back to that one point and, and just to bring it full circle. An example of that would be someone who's a truck driver who delivers something even every day to the camp. Uh, they have a thermos that they bring from home. They drive in, they sit there while someone else unloads the truck. They leave and go back home. While they're unloading, they drink from their thermos. They don't use the water supply. They don't get down and dirty in the in in, in the mud or in the in the where the water is. Um, and then they go and they leave. And they could do this every day. And they're probably not someone who had a method of transfer right. that would would be consistent with the claim. If if right. on the other hand they stop. And hung out with with the workers and they ate lunch and they were drinking from the water fountains. You know, that's a different story. So totally it, it's different. all fact-based.
0: Exactly. And, you know, the government has, has basically admitted that these chemicals existed in the water. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, so that's not under, uh, that's not the dispute. The dispute is, did you have a human pathway so that you were exposed directly to the chemical and mm-hmm. does that chemical link to your disease?
1: Your specific disease. Your specific the disease. You were exposed to not the chemical that may have been in another part of the base. If you were only going to one place that only had one type of chemical, and then you have a a disease that's not consistent with that chemical, but the one that's somewhere else, that's another problem with with pathway.
0: Yeah. So. So I, I think that that should, you know, I, I don't want to certainly discourage anyone from filing a lawsuit, um, but I, I do want people to not um, to not be uh, disappointed again, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been because there's been a lot of uh, trauma involved with this campus. There's been a lot of disappointment. Yeah, you said it best. So, but
1: what's important here, you know, is I don't think anyone should on their own say, I don't want to reach out to a lawyer to find out the answer. It's the lawyer's responsibility to do the, the investigation. Were you driving in there with your thermos and turning around and coming back, excuse me, or were you driving in there and sitting there for hours and you're drinking from the water fountains from not, not from a water bottle that was delivered from the water fountains or using, you know, some water source there. That's a different story that that, so bring the, go to a lawyer, have them do the, give them the facts, let them do the investigation. I, I, I fault the lawyer who doesn't do that. Um, and, 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 and doesn't, you know, connect those dots.
0: Exactly. So let's hope that, that um, people get in touch with a, a good, reputable, uh, ethical lawyer. Um, there's plenty out there. So. Um, sure. Going back to the, the, Eastern District of North Carolina, just to finish up, the multi-district litigation, people are seeing uh, MDL a lot. And and yeah. people think that this is an MDL, but this isn't. This is not a multi-district litigation. So can you just give us a, a quick rundown on how this might n- would normally be a multi-district litigation, but because of the particulars of the Camp Lejeune Justice Act and the military being involved in the government and all of that, how it's not, and how all of these cases have to be put through the Eastern District of North Carolina, which means, as going back to what we were saying earlier, there's a lot of figuring out to do.
1: Exactly. So, so to answer your question, it's it's it's, it's it it actually self answered itself, self explanatory. <laughs> Multi district litigation means there are lawsuits being brought in federal district courts throughout the country. There, in every state. Some states have one district, states like New York have four, California may have five, if I'm not mistaken, or four or five. Um, and, and then there's districts. Then within the district, there are divisions. Under the Camp Lejeune Justice Act, it was made very clear, no matter where you live today, no matter where you're, you're, you're retaining your lawyer, you have to file your case in the eastern district of north carolina the federal court for the eastern district of of north carolina you can't go to the western district you can't go right down just south to south carolina you have got to be in that one court um if it's a, a situation where there are cases filed at districts all over the country the court system can't deal with that you know, try and case the same case everywhere when there's thousands of them. So the, there's a system where there is a, a panel that decides one district court, one judge to handle all the cases for the country. But here we don't have that problem. We have Congress took care of that. They said uh, in passing the act if you want to bring a claim against the US government, against the Department of Navy for exposure. Um, at Camp Lejeune, you must bring it in one district, the Eastern District of North Carolina. And there are four judges there. There are different divisions. And right now the cases are split among the four judges in the two divisions. Um, but there is no multiple districts. There's multiple judges within the district. And what we generally see, and we haven't seen it yet, for what we call the legacy cases that we have filed, um, is usually the court, the district, the the the, the chief administ- the chief judge of the district, um, generally picks the judge who gets all the cases. Um, so they do what they call an intra district um, cons- an intra district assignment. So they usually pick one judge, but with the 30 or 40 cases that I believe are filed, uh, I think that's all I've seen so far, they, they are they are distributed randomly among the four judges. It appears that each of the judges are handling them in the same way, um, but not together, uh, which is very unusual, very unusual. Um, and maybe they're just doing this since it's, it's really a small number of cases and, and chances are they're waiting until the new filed claims, meaning the ones that are triggered by the filings of the the new notice of claim after August 2nd, they may be waiting the six months um, to decide where the cases are going to go and who's going to get it, and they may have one or two judges. I've I've heard suggestions from from speaking to people uh, in the court system. That, that given the number, they may have more than one judge assigned, which is very unusual, um, but it does happen sometimes.
0: And just to, just for people that don't know, um, we, we have to file with the, with the Department of Navy uh, complaint, an administrative complaint, and they have six months to decide whether they're going to dismiss or offer some sort of settlement. And if they don't do either of those or if you don't want the settlement, After six months, then you can file a lawsuit. So the small number.
1: Unless they ask for more information, there's a chance that they can say we want more information on your specific claim and give them a little bit more time to investigate. Um,
0: Okay. But
1: I think for the most part, we're going to be pushing to file these cases at the six month um, expiration. Uh, We're going to be asking for jury trials, which is something the government is not used to. The Federal Tort Claims Act, which is what people tried before, you wouldn't get a jury. The the Justice Act has preserved the right to a jury. There are going to be people that live in this area of North Carolina um, deciding this issue for for veterans, veterans' families, and, 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 and civilians that are exposed, which DOJ isn't used to this. Uh, we're we're trial we're trial lawyers that are used to trying in front of juries they're not and it's going to be an interesting i'm not saying they don't have any trial lawyers who don't try in front of juries but these type of claims are never are just not brought in front of juries and um this is our um this is our playground
0: it's going to be um as i've said before uh even for people interested in in legal cases in the courts it's going to be really something to watch play out i think um very interesting. I, I agree. But um, I appreciate you helping me clarify all this for people. And I, and I hope it helps because it's stuff I had to learn when I got involved. I had no idea about any of this. Um, and I'm still learning, obviously. So um, thank you so much for coming and taking the time to help us, um, you know, just kind of give people some context and, and help them understand what's going on so they can make better decisions for themselves.
1: I appreciate you having me here and I'm always willing to come back and I always love coming back to to talk about this and any way I can help. And, and, you know, whether people are, are represented by me or, or not, there are a lot of questions out there and there's a lot of uh, questionable answers being put out there. And if I could help clear things up uh, for, for people that you speak to uh, or that you talk with, I'm here for you.
0: Thank you, and I and I did not mention that uh, Hunter. Full disclosure is my family's attorney, uh, so uh, and and I'm very happy with that. And um, like like he's uh, like he said, if he doesn't, if you don't, if you don't go with him, please find someone that um, is on that level of uh, who will who will do do right by you. So Hunter, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you. You too. Have a great day. Okay.
0: Bye bye. Thank you. That was great. I really enjoyed um, talking with Hunter. I always do. I um, find him to be a, a very straightforward person, and that that helps when there's so much misinformation spinning around everywhere. Um, so, you know, just another reminder for everyone, please, please don't give out your information over the phone. Contact an attorney that you can speak with, the attorney uh, themselves, and um, absolutely never give any money to anyone to help you with this right now because the, the lawyers are taking the cases um, in a, on a contingency basis, which means that you don't pay until something comes across as a win for you. And um, if anyone's asking you to give them money to help you get a settlement, please don't do that. And, and make sure that, that any of your relatives uh, know about that because there are, uh, there are a lot of predatory people out there right now. And um, the more information we get out, the better. So that was a little preview of the community, uh, the Camp Lejeune Community Project podcast. And I hope you will um, subscribe to our YouTube channel and across different podcast platforms and uh, tell your friends, because I'm hoping that we're gonna have some great episodes coming up with um, my friends, Karen and Tim, who are also members of the Camp Lejeune community and who have also had to fight their own very different battles for me so they bring a great new perspective and uh, we have some exciting guests coming on as well experts in different fields to um, help us understand all this a little better so please tell your friends and subscribe and we will see you soon